Hello listeners, watchers and subscribers, welcome back to another chapter of the SDR Disco Call Show. If this is your first time, or perhaps this is your second, third or fourth time, this show is all about sales development, where we speak to great people within the industry of tech sales to learn about their stories, how did they get into this, insights around careers, to share these best practices with our listeners to help you become happy sellers. And my name is Neil Buyan, your host. So with a guest that we've got on today, which I'm super, super freaking excited about, uh, the way this came about was a couple of weeks back on LinkedIn, a great person called Jan Mundorf, who you know has been on the show before, tagged me in a really nice post about positive salespeople that he knows. And within that post, there was this other gentleman which liked the post and you know perhaps got a little bit curious. So me and this person connected. We got onto a call and, you know, what he's doing in terms of the sales profession and the help elevating it, my hat's off to him, right? But guess, without further ado, could you please introduce yourself? Who are you, sir? Thanks for the introduction, uh, Neil. My name is Dominic Klingbeck. I'm the co-founder of The Artist Circus. And uh, as you mentioned, um, actually, I'm not a co-founder that long. I was working in sales myself for over 10 years. I actually started in 2009. Uh, as an SDR myself and went through a couple of uh, roles, like actually everything you could possibly imagine in sales. Uh, uh, but we will talk about it later on, I, I guess. Um, so yeah, I have a great passion for sales and that's why I decided also to to come to your podcast and I'm really excited about our conversation today, Neil. Thank you so much. And there is so much that we're going to be able to delve in today because I really do want to pick your brain. And as a gentle reminder for our listeners and watchers, if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a rating and a share so we can get this out to more ears. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe down below. Now, Dominic, I know whereabouts in the world you are, but for our listeners and watchers, where are you based in the world, Dominic? Yeah, I'm uh, based in Berlin. Uh, I grew up here, born and raised in Berlin. Um, so yeah, I also that is one of the reasons why I'm quite connected to the uh, German sales and uh for especially startup senior wunderbar i love it <laughs> and dominic outside of the world of sales uh, what kind of passions and hobbies and interests do you have sir so uh i mean i'm uh, i was quite a young father so i have two kids um 10 and 4 years old married uh, for my beautiful wife and uh yeah that's actually my main hobby <laughs> to be honest um but also i love doing sports uh, going to a gym with my best friend uh, regularly so yeah sports and family actually I and love music that. by the way uh, we talked about this as well <laughs> yeah like to, to be honest uh, uh, audience like me and dom we have quite a lot of synergies and similar passions equally so as you can see my man has got a proper setup because uh, he does his own podcast and we're going to be talking True. about that as well uh, and when 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 i was meeting dom for the first time i saw that beautiful piece of ink just below his jawline and i was like i've got a chest tattoo as well and <laughs> i've got an affinity with music so yeah this was something that needed to happen and i'm very happy that it's happening <laughs> right now um so obviously like for uh, our regular audience and those that are new what we typically do at this point is visit our guests linkedin profile uh, and as always with all of our show notes uh, we'll be putting dominic's linkedin url into the show notes so that if you want to connect with him pick his brain or learn more about what he's doing in the world of sales feel free to do so but Dominic, as you mentioned and alluded to, you've had an extensive career, my man. Like you've been a lot of places, you've done a lot of things. 
and at a super high level, um, you know, you've been a senior sales manager, you've worked in partner sales, you've been a consultant, you've worked at a really cool company, Plio, which I'm very familiar with. You know, you be, you're an ambassador for SEOs of Germany. Hello, Mattia. Uh, you're a founder uh, of your own podcast uh, and, you know, co-founder of the Artist Circus, which is something I'm so excited. And we're going to dive into that a little bit later. But, you know, rather than sounding like a, a boring job interview, Dominic, could you, in your own words, tell yeah. us your story of like, how did you get into this sales gig? What have you gone through and how did you end up where you are today, sir? Uh, uh, happy to do so. And um, uh, funny, funny, fun fact, uh, I was actually when when I, I, I mean, I didn't went to university. I think that's also something that's quite uh, important for me, at least because I feel like nowadays there's like a lot of people saying, hey, you need to go to university to be successful mm. in business. And I think that's that's not the case. So you can I think that's especially in, in, in sales. Um, we have lots of people that w like did crazy stuff before, yeah, like w yeah. W worked at the restaurants or in, in the kitchen or something like this and then super successful in sales. So um, back then, like 2009, I actually started a hotel apprenticeship. So I did like in Germany, you have something called Ausbildung. So you need to go to work for two and a half years and it's like a dual system going to school mm. and learning on the job. And I did this back then for the hotel industry. So um, after school, I was actually super, super interested in having like or doing events. Uh, and the hotel I picked was actually the biggest hotel in Germany. They had like a huge event complex. Mm. Um, and that was always my dream. Say, I want to work in, in the event space. So, um, uh, yeah, but then it, it, it came a little bit different. Uh, I, I did the hotel thing. And afterwards, after two and a half years, um, back then, actually, I had my first sales experience because before I started this, I needed to go there for like a, um, yeah, like one year, um, what is it called, uh, practicum in Germany. So it's like also learning on the job, right? It's not a real like job. work experience. Yeah. It's like you just go there and you learn, you learn it. Uh, yeah. And back then I was working in, uh, in marketing. So what actually was was just like a call center agent right i was just yeah. calling people like 80 to 100 people a day wow. and tried to uh convince them to to put our flyers in their shops so it was just like one year nothing else and we didn't mm. have linkedin we didn't have like a lot of social media so it was actually just calling and sending letters right so yeah <laughs> that was my <laughs> like, first like what we experience. call guerrilla marketing right yeah 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 so that was my first experience with sales back then. And then I was quite happy to get out of this after one year, to be honest. And um, <laughs> then I was actually quite excited about the job in a hotel because you had like so much touch points with people. You were talking with people. Um, and I really liked what, what I was doing back then. Yeah. Mm. Um, so also my idea of what I would like to work changed a little bit back then. Uh, also, I saw the sales teams back then in the hotel and I was like, oh no, I couldn't do this. You know, working in an office, it's quite boring. I don't mm. want to do this. And after the hotel experience, I went on the cruise line ship on Aida. Ah. And we're also selling tickets on board. So it was yeah. also slightly a sales job. Mm. Um, but all of this all time has been like B2C sales, right? Mm -hmm. um, and after a couple of years, I was trying out different things, also worked in a gym. I decided to go in the first startup. And that was actually my first B2B sales experience. And oh. there I was actually then finding out, okay, that's actually quite cool. I like what I'm doing. Also introduced uh, web demos back then was quite new. 
mm. uh, and, and sharing screens and stuff like this has like you most of the people were just selling on the phone so it was quite new um, yeah and yeah so I, I made my way through different startups and uh, as you said like also sold to to mayors and cities back then at park now so uh, basically what I said in the beginning basically did quite everything you could possibly imagine in sales but mm. always knew okay I want to do one day I want to do my own stuff um so and, and if it's yeah. right to just pause you there for a minute and interject because I think there's something very interesting here in terms of working within the hotels and the hospitality sector like yeah. just before when you went into your first startup so you know I've met a lot of people that have worked in the hospitality space you know dealing with people day in day out customers complaints selling you know upgrades and add-ons and stuff like that in your own like experience what sort of skills do you think helped you from that working in that space that helps you today Dominic I think one of the most important things is resilience I mm. think resilience is a super important skill if you work in sales um, and that you will learn in hospitality right it's like uh, one of the basic skills basically mm. Um, another one is communication or reading people's minds. I think that was also one one thing I remember back then. My my boss came to me and said, "You need to know what people want before they tell you." Right. So it's like, and you mm -hmm. need to be prepared. I think that's also something um, you can um, relate to in sales. Um, if you prepare well for your demos and your conversations, and you know what could be in an objections and stuff like this, you will be way more confident answering. Uh, as when you just sit there and you will be surprised and you don't know what to say, you're getting nervous, right? So yeah, preparation, communication, and resilience. I think it's a one or oh, three three skills uh, you can learn in hospitality for sure. Hundred percent. And uh, I, was, I was speaking to an SDR this morning, and this guy who's going to be a future guest on our show, uh, he was talking about you know it's been a hard quarter so far in terms of targets, and even though a lot of people are on holiday and you know he doesn't really have the hard work. He's doing a lot of preparation to make sure that his Q3 and Q4 are on point. And, we, you know, we both agreed on the old analogy of, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. So that's definitely key. Always having that prep before you jump onto a call, before you jump onto uh, a cold call or, you know, if you're having a meeting, dinner. like even with us, you know, we did prep before we came on for this show. There's prep yeah. is always good. And the resilience piece, uh, you're right, because I think I used to work in food. So I used to work for like Pizza Hut and, you know, dealing with angry, irate customers or, yeah. you know, when you're taking orders, they're like, oh, I don't really know what I want. But then you're like, do you want this? Do you want that? And, you know, getting used to those sort of conversations, um, 100%. So coming back to, you know, you've just gone into this first B2B startup and, you know, you're doing demos, you're doing stuff which isn't really normal to what you were experienced back then. What was that life like? I mean, I really enjoyed having like a structured working week, right? From Monday to Friday, because when you work on a cruise line ship or like in hotel industry or even a gym, you need to work like a lot, right? It's yeah. like seven days a week, uh, you're working on, on Christmas and on the weekend. So that was actually also the reason why I decided to go, okay, I want to work in an office having a structured job Monday to Friday and, you know, nine to five. So that was yeah. actually the reason why I decided to, to do this. Um, but then, as as you said, I think I've, I mean, there's, I think that's also one one of the reasons why I decided to start with the artist uh, circus is mm. that at least in Germany we have a very 
old way of looking at salespeople. So it, it feels like tech sales in itself and in the profession still has a very bad reputation. And oh. that is something I I disagree with, right? I was also, mm -hmm. also I've experienced in my own career, I was like, hey, in sales is so much more than just like this door-to-door -door sales and the sleazy sales yeah, guys, yeah. you know, like running around with a tie. Um, <laughs> that's not that's not sales anymore. It's so much yeah, more. Yeah. And it's it's fun, right? And um, you, you can actually grow so much like your personality. Um, and that's what I love about it. So mm. um, I really enjoyed being in sales. And that's why I also tried, of course, to make a career there. So I was also chasing this new roles and being able to manage a team. And it was exciting for me to always have these goals in front of me and to work on it. Mm, I love and that. especially one, one more thing, yeah, uh, you get paid what you do, right? <laughs> I mean, if you hustle like crazy, you, mm. you, you can earn a lot of money. That's also one thing I think many people in sales actually um, love about the job is if you do more, you will earn more. If you do less, you will earn less, right? Yeah, you, you get what you put into it, yeah. right? Um, and thinking about, like you said, that connotation within like in Germany and Dach, like with the way that sales is perceived, because I think going back to my first startup, we were a US company with a London office and we were established for like a year or two. And then we started opening up satellite offices and like mm -hmm. Dach and the, the Zora German office was one of the main things after France. And I remember the the director of sales, a really cool guy called Alexander Schaller, and he was German through and through. Like he was very precise, he was very driven, uh, he was very process orientated, and you just could not piss this guy off because you just did not want to <laughs> anger this guy. Yeah. And I remember like when he built his team with Mesut and like all these other uh, German reps, and we had a um, a German living in London in our London office, which who is their SDR. And there was a complete different contrast because Alexander and his team were like executives, suit and tie, you know, very sharp and everything. And Paddy, who was the SDR, German SDR, he was very casual, very young and everything. And they'd always clash. And like Paddy would say to me, like, Neil, just, I don't want to end up like them. Yeah. And then the German execs were like, we need him to be more structured and, you know, stop being so fluffy and everything like that. But when you're saying like the connotation of salespeople in Germany, like it's not where it should be, what has your experience of that been and how are you or, you know, wanting to change it or like the way do you think it should be, Dominic? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I actually also experience what you just described. I think m many companies still have those old fashioned managers and mm. white male guys who mm. really, you know, wearing suits and also teaching old sales skills um, that nowadays in my opinion doesn't work or don't work anymore mm. and I've I was lucky then when I was starting at Plio I had my first female manager back then uh, Uta, mm. and I loved her way how she managed the team she was so empathic and so so she, I, I always knew that she had the best um she, she always wanted the best for her, for her team, right? And um, it was a really nice experience for myself because then it also changed something in my mind and said how I want to be as a manager in, in the future, mm. right? When I'm becoming a manager. And I've always tried to to compare like my decisions to what what did uh, what what she have uh, should, should, had has done. So yeah, um, yeah it was it was an amazing experience for myself. 
I love it. And it's really good and comforting to hear that, you know, you had this uh, leader, uh, this female sales leader that yeah. you saw to yourself as like, you know, if, if I become a manager, that's kind of how I want to be, you know, and, and supporting you and helping you grow is great when you get that as well. And I think in Paddy's case, there was a lot of headbutting going on and I had to kind of be the mediator between them just to make sure yeah. they didn't rip each other's throats out. But eventually it got to a point where they were able to compromise on both sides. You know, they realized each had strengths and weaknesses and it's trying to find that middle ground. Uh, there was a lot of hard work, but we've, we've only got there. But I, I also remember, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, um, being an SDR, before we had Paddy and the, the Dach team, I had to prospect into Germany. I remember one of my uh, specialities was media. So I tried to book a meeting with a lady called Donata Hopfen, who was the managing director of Bill.de, huge newspaper and media company. Yeah. Uh, and I remember having my back and forth in emails with her. Uh, and then one day I went out to Berlin. That was the first time I went to Berlin when I was with Zora. We went for a trade show event. Uh, and I remember one of Donata's team came to the booth because Donata said she's busy she's not coming but she'll send somebody to have a chat with us and this guy was telling me um the way you reached out to Donata and the way the conversations you're having that just doesn't run in Germany that's just not how we do business they said you have to be much more formal um you have to have some sort of presence on the ground your data centers have to be within Germany otherwise we're not doing business with you and you know it's not just a case of we have a meeting and then we buy it there's a lot of relationship building that you must do and a lot of respect that you must show. And he wasn't putting me down, but he was educating me on the way that Germans were doing business. Yeah. You know, and for, for a young 20-year-old something guy, I was like, okay, this is way above my head. <laughs> uh, but I'd like to ask your opinion of, you know, if somebody is working for a startup, Dach is their target in territory, and they may not be a native speaker like I wasn't. What advice would you do to them, give to them to do yeah. business with people from the German market? I think there's not a one-fits-all solution because what you just described, I think that's quite common, especially if you want to sell to Mittelstand in Germany. So um, if you're a more conservative um, uh, ICP, right? Mm. Um, but I think that's changed also a lot over the last couple of years because many companies, especially in tech sales, right? If you're selling software, you basically always have like tech sales as a, uh, as a ICP or not, not all of them, but if you're selling into tech as well, it's quite young and fresh and also young mm. people, you know, so it's a different target group. Um, but if, you, if you're trying to sell in for, like, let's say, like BMW or mm. like the car industry, yeah. that's exactly what you just described, right? It's very conservative. You have like several stakeholders. So it's also something I needed to learn in my career. It's just like sales is not like, it's not sales, right? So it's like you have different ways of selling and different complexity. So it's, it always depends if you have like high velocity sales selling to SMB clients or if you have mm. like super huge customers and you maybe have like 10 deals a year. So this impacts your your approach a lot, I would say. 100%. And I think, you know, that's uh, and another topic we, we need to come on to is SDRs of Germany. So as a young manager a few years back, um, obviously I had my ideas of, what prospecting should be and you know my experiences of going into the Dach market a couple of times but I'd always say to my reps like go speak to SDRs that already work out there or already doing that job or speak to AEs and everything so 
you know, when SDRs of Germany came around, I was sending all of my coaching and all my SDRs to go speak to them because they know better than I do because I don't live and breathe that sort of stuff. So I think it's really important to try and get those best practices. And again, a big shout out to SDRs of Germany because they're helping a lot of people. And I was speaking to Mattia this morning. Again, hello, Mattia. Uh, and just like, I'm really like happy to see that you guys are providing that support for sales yeah. development reps. But you know, coming back to yourself, working at Plio, looking at your LinkedIn, you know, you, you're a senior AE, you were a team lead uh, and also sales manager. What was that progression like for you, Dominic? What things mm. did you go through and what things did you learn? Um, so I actually always wanted to become a manager. That was always like my my end goal, let's say. Yeah, I want to, when I work, was working in sales, I was always like, okay, one day I want to become a manager and leading a team. I think what helped me a lot in my role, it was that I had like different roles before, different, uh, also different target groups. And I think uh, what you described, the the ability to read people's minds and, you know, working with humans, I think mm. that, that is a skill that you, that you need if you want to become a manager. Um, but it was way different than I, I, I thought it would be, right? So I think if you if you like progress uh, progress in your career and you're becoming a manager, um, you think then you will be able to decide everything, right? And you can you can yeah. just uh, make the decisions and um, everything will be fine. But it's not like this, right? Mm. So and I've talked to several people in the last couple of weeks as well that experienced something similar, especially like in in tech sales. I think. The good thing is you can progress quite fast and become a manager quite fast in in, in your career, mm. um, and that's what a lot of people are striving for. But I think many people don't really know what managing is like, right? So yeah, that's why I'm trying to also shed some light on what's the job about. And there were days where I was just sitting in Zoom meetings like seven to eight hours a day, and I was like closing my laptop and I thought, okay, I didn't do anything today because I was just <laughs> listening to people and then yeah. I was talking to other people again. Yeah. And, and But you're not doing stuff anymore. You're just trying to, uh, it's very political in some way. Yeah. You're just trying to solve people's problems all day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's different. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is dumb. So I think, you know, when I were, when it was first put to me by my manager of would I consider going into leadership, initially I said, hell no. Like um, I was an individual contributor. I was like a top SDR globally in the company. And I said, why the hell would I put my neck on the line for other people? You know, my, my success would be based on their performance. And, you know, ultimately my end goal was always to become like a founder of my own business. And they kind of put it to me as like, look, running a company is not just selling a wicked product. It's being able to manage people and different departments uh, and work across different departments. So yeah. it's a skill that will help you the hell out, right? And I, I agree with you. Like uh, I've burnt out mentally a few times being a manager because you're no longer doing the day-to-day -day actions of prospecting, booking meetings and talking to prospects and whatnot. You're trying to coach other people to be able to do that and also find their own way. Um, and I've always come up with the analogy of when you're a manager, you're wearing three different hats. One is the day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, setting up people, systems, processes, etc. The other one is you're the KPI leader, making sure people are driving towards results and outcomes. And the third one is you are a therapist. 
right? True. You're talking to people that don't know what the hell we're doing for the first time. They're they're having imposter syndrome every other day. Um, people are getting peed off or pissed off about people's touching their territory, and you're constantly mitigating. Yeah, and you're also that wall between the SDR and the AE. So when the AE doesn't flip the op or accept the meeting, then the SDR is like, "Well, I did everything. It's all qualified. There's a criteria. You go to the AE." Hey, dude, what's going on? Why haven't you flipped it? Oh, this wasn't done. It wasn't a good lead. And you're trying to, it's, it's, it's very demanding, you know? And as you said, you, you'll come to the end of the day after seven, eight hours and you're like, sometimes I feel like a school teacher and I've got kids in yeah. the playground. And I'm just trying to make sure everybody's getting along with Absolutely. each other as well. But I Absolutely. think, you know, the advice that I'd like to ask you for, for our listeners and guests, like I, I meet a lot of SDRs who are new to this game of tech sales. And I asked them the question of, you know, career-wise, where do you want to go? I'd say 80% of those would say, I want to go into an AE closing role. Cool. Yeah. We'll discuss that a bit more. The other 20% are more, you know, recent. Uh, a lot of people are saying to me they'd like to consider going into management. And my question to them is, like, why is that? Like, what's the driving force? The majority of them will be honest and say it's a financial reason. Yeah. Or secondly, the idea of, helping and coaching people and driving them to become the best versions of themselves but if somebody came to you dominic and says hey dom i'm a brand new sdr i think leadership and management is the way that i want to go in the future what advice would you give to them to think about yeah i think what you are doing is also it's the right way to do it i think the first question you need to ask yourself is why do i want it and I think that's also something I was struggling in the past a lot because sometimes the why is not clear to you and then it's, you know, it's it's tricky. Mm. Um, so I think if it's because of the financial reason, leadership is not for you because the best thing you can do or the, 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 basically the, the, uh, the, the, the biggest amount of money you can earn is in, in, in sales, right? So it's like mm. if you become... A, like an individual contributor, if it's a AE or maybe even like there's even more complex sales, right? You can also be like a pre-sales engineer or something like this, and you can earn a shitload of money. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's if it's just a financial reason, you should stay in sales and trying to progress in the individual contributor track. I think it, it can be a good thing to become a manager when you're young. But mm. also what I've seen, like when people getting promoted quite fast and let's say their work they come from university, they work as an SDR for two years, and then they become like a, a leadership position in for SDRs or even for, for sellers, right? For, for mm. accounts extras. They have quite low experience of how business works, and mm. especially when they just work in one company. Um, so they will start struggling in their role. And there will be a yeah. lot of pressure, what you just described. I mean, handling all those problems for different people. And I think Take, I think one of the things I've I've also needed to learn, and uh, I would uh, as I would give my younger self as an advice as as well, is mm. just like take your fucking time, right? That's, that's, <laughs> chill, chill out. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's uh, super important. Um, that um, everything will will be okay in the end, right? I think you will. Mm. You everyone will make his own career progression, um, and you don't need to do it in like two years. You can mm. take 10 years or 15 years. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, you know, you raise uh, uh, some interesting points there. So I've realized through my own, I wouldn't call them failures, but experiences, right? When I got the job title of manager, went straight to my head. I got a bump in pay. I was ex 
ecstatic and I was like, yeah, I'm the man now. I've proved my worth. I'm there. And I was a horrible manager. I just didn't have that experience. I had no training. There was no programs of how do you go from IC to manager. And my team yeah. hated me in the early days. Right? And I had to really <laughs> work on that to become not a dick. Um, the other thing that I've seen a lot of the time is where you get high performers and achievers that because of their tenure and their experience, they become automatic managers or they're promoted yeah. to that position. And their sales leaders think, yeah, you know, this guy knew how to close deals or this girl knew how to generate X amount of ARR. They're going to be great managers. And yeah. they end up being really shit managers because they don't know how to manage people. They're great at doing the job, but trying to get other people to do the job or become top performers as well, it, they, they can struggle with it. And Absolutely. one real life example, when I was at Zora, um, I had eight managers in the space of one year, right? Crazy. Because somebody took on the job, they just couldn't do it. And then it was just like a revolving door. And it got to the point where I had to kind of manage myself, but also look after the other European SDRs. And I took on the role of team lead before becoming manager, right? So yeah, to, to your point, don't go in for the money. The reason I think my advice would be if you're going to go into management, it's because you love seeing other people win. You get a hype and buzz of, you know, seeing other people succeed. Um, and the other thing is ask for support and training and coaching on it because becoming a manager, it's a lot of stress. And sometimes, you know, unless you have that voice or you can speak to somebody about what's going on, you're going to sink because that's kind of what happened to me, right? Um but also the, the thing that I'm most interested, would I be correct in saying that you were the manager of Jan Mundorf? Yeah. Okay. So, so we had Jan on the show. Yeah. And I heard him, him being a top performer and he was like a super fun loving guy. I loved having Jan on the show and yeah. he's done some favors for me in the past. What was it like managing Jan? What was that relationship like? Uh, funny that you ask because I was also super excited because I was following him on, on LinkedIn. And uh, mm. when I heard that he decided to come to Pleo, I was uh, not a manager back then. I was also an AE or like ah. on the way to become a manager and a team lead. Mm. Um, and in the beginning, we didn't work together, uh, but he was in a different team. But then yeah. when I was getting promoted to a manager, he was actually, I, I said, you need to come to my team. I want to work with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what I love about Jan is just like, he's super passionate about what he's doing and he's mm. very humble guy, right? So he always tries to become better at what he's doing and he's like super focused and like learning new stuff and trying to get better and better and better. And I think also to, to what you said before, uh, I think one of the skills you need is learning and development, like being able to train yourself or be coachable and and trying to be better than you have been yesterday. I think that's super, super important also when you become a manager mm. and don't think you know everything because this is just not true. And this mm. is also the, one of the reasons Jan and me also be um, uh, are part of the SDS of Germany community because you have so many people in there, not only SDRs, but also managers and AEs that um, having everyday problems, right? So it's just mm. like, um, and and that's something I think also we need to learn in sales that it's not about competition. It's more about if you connect with other people working in sales, this mm. will help you a lot in your career. It doesn't matter where you want to go, but being able to connect to people and to build your own network early on also as an SDR yeah. will help you a lot in the in the future. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because I think... If I go back like 10 years, 
a lot of the time it was this whole competition thing, like who can be top performer, who can be top dog. And I'll be bluntly honest right now, I never cared about being the best at whatever I was doing, right? I didn't care about being the best SDR. I didn't care about being the best AE. What I wanted to do was be able to do it and enjoy doing it, you know? And I think one of the biggest strengths you can have is asking for help. You know, speaking to those people that have worn your shoes, or I think the analogy I put on LinkedIn the other day, those people's past who is your future. You know, I'm finding a collective mind of being able to talk to people and ask them, how did yeah. you do this? How did you overcome that? Like, And Jan taught me the most beautiful phrase that I still hold today. Neil, um, whatever problems you have have already been solved, is what he said to me. Because he says, whatever you're struggling with, there is somebody out there that's probably gone through. You just need to go find them. That's the mission for you. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be a beautiful segue into, as you mentioned, SDRs of Germany. How, how did you get involved with that crew? Uh, actually, it was also in my podcast uh, or basically through through Jan. Uh, I think Jan was also the one who introduced me to my co-founder, Julius, uh, with, mm. with, with the Artist Circus. So um, also Jan, Jan was... Uh, from the beginning, I, what, I, what I really loved about him is like his personal brand on LinkedIn. I think it was super inspiring for me how he did this. Hmm. And I wanted to learn from him as well. Even though I was his manager, I asked him like, what are <laughs> yeah. you doing there? And you know, I want yeah. to learn as well. So I think um, also like looking into what he's doing there is he tries to help people with his posts. I think that's what uh, what's super important if you want to build your personal brand. Don't post about your company all day. Try to help people, and then you you will get your followership, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the reason I was actually attending or like being an ambassador for SDS of Germany was I was um, I was reaching out to Mattia back then when I started my podcast and asked her if she wants to be on my on my show. And mm. um, actually, really nice episode. You should you should listen. Oh, to I'm it, gonna check it because yeah. back then she was an SDR at Salesloft. Mm. And uh, she was explaining how she's actually hitting her quota every month. Like on the 15th of the month, she was already through. Yeah. Um, and back then, it was like one and a half years ago, she decided to start this new community called SDRs of Germany because back then there was no community for mm. sellers or SDRs, like German-speaking sellers in uh, in Dach. Um, and... Yeah, you know, that's that's why I was a little bit uh, already connected to her and I saw her journey and I asked her at one day, like, hey, how can I participate? Like, I really love what you're doing and mm. I want to be be there. Uh, and Jan was already an ambassador, so I decided to also jump on the train and and, and build this community. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, now 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 we, we built our own community, kind of not community, but we're also working together with SDRs of Germany um, because the circus actually also we have the same vision. Let's say like this: uh, mm. we are, we want to to change this perception of the this what I described before this old sales guy, right? Yeah. To, to something new and fresh, and um, want to help people. Uh, what we also discussed before to build their network early on and to connect to other salespeople, and especially to learn new and really fresh sales techniques and methodologies uh, to be able to to connect with the, the best top talents in, in Europe. That's freaking awesome. And it's, it's such a small world, you know, like the way that all of us, like me meeting Yan, you working with Yan, you 
to, uh, reaching out to Matia and asking how can I get involved. Me speaking to Matia this morning about coming onto our podcast show as well. Yeah. It's just so weird that the way that things intercross, that it kind of feels fateful at the same time. And I, I freaking love this energy across the sea, across lands, different continents, etc. This is freaking cool. And this is what yeah. I love about sales. It can bring so many people together, and especially when you have that mission of helping other people and empowering them by connecting them into a bigger community and group. And obviously with the circus, we are definitely going to get there because this is really interesting. And I also want to share like a little bit of a, a cool why I think this is one of the most amazing things in the world. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, podcast host to podcast host, you also yeah. have the Sales and Pepper podcast, right? Yeah. Could you just give us a bit of like the headlines? How, how did that come about? What is it about? And, you know, why should people listen to that, Dominic? Yeah. Um, actually, I was uh, invited to a podcast a couple of years ago from Caro Breuninger um, from um, from Deerfront. Um, she had like a, a sales podcast, Girl in Sales, and I was invited to the podcast with my former manager, Uta. I uh, talked about her previously. Um, and that was my first podcast experience, and I really liked it. And mm -hmm. then having Jan joining Plio, he also told me that he has his own show on at Albacross. Yeah. And... Then we talked about this whole thing and I thought back then I was an AE myself and I was like, hey, how, how can I build a, a, a new channel for myself to, to approach people? And I think the podcast was quite nice because then it was not a cold calling or something like this. It was just like reaching out to people say, hey, you have a nice profile on LinkedIn. I would love to, to interview you. <laughs> um, and it was a nice way to actually <laughs> to book meetings. I mean, yeah. I had them on the podcast. I met amazing people. Um, also, like uh, you described, like Mat Matia, for example, or others, I still in contact with those people. So it mm. was really building nice relationships. And when I started the podcast, that was not my intention. I was just like saying, hey, I, I want to use it as a channel for my outreach. But mm. then I recognized how powerful this podcast was. And um, I also thought about, okay, what kind of people would I love to, love to talk to? So what I did is just screening LinkedIn for, for interesting profiles. Mm. And even though the name is Sales and Pepper, in the beginning, mm. it was more like a new work podcast. It was more about the people I'm interviewing. And the idea of the podcast, I was reading a book called um, Tools of Titans from Tim Ferriss back then. I don't know okay. if you heard about this book. No. And Tim, Tim Ferriss was uh, an author and he was interviewing the most successful people like on earth, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those kind of people. And mm. just like two or three sides in the book was about the whole interview. Like what was your secret of success for financial advice, career and health? Mm. Um, and it's super interesting because you always have like two or three sides and it's super inspiring because you just open the book and you will find something that will inspire you. And yeah. When I was reading the book, that was actually the idea of the podcast that I want to inspire people and hearing stories of people that have been successful in something or or did fa had failures in, in their career. And mm -hmm. that what you described, what Jan said, like the failures had already been done. So yeah. learn, learn from them. Um, so that's why I dis uh, decided to, st to, to start the podcast. And now, uh, after half, one and a half years, it's getting more and more like a sales podcast. So I have ha having more guests that are actually working in sales and mm. we're also discussing sales topics. But still, I think the um, the the reason why people listen to the podcast is that it's not just about sales. It's 
just a little bit of, you know, more diverse and people like yeah. to hear those kind of stories from people. I also interviewed founders, CFOs, SDRs, you know, it's like super, super uh, diverse. I love that. And for our listeners and watchers, I'll be putting links into Dominic's podcast. So if you want to check it out and from one podcast host, I would ask all of my guests and listeners to subscribe, listen and share and help a, a fellow podcaster out with his show as well. And a lot of that resonates with me, Don, because, you know, I went onto somebody else's podcast, freaking loved it and thought, I want to do this. And then, you know, trying to find my niche, which was my passion, which is SDRs, meeting new SDRs and creating this show to help and inspire. Yeah. And, you know, not just talk about the tactical sort of stuff, but also, you know, the people behind that. What's their story? Can it inspire other people that maybe have gone through similar journeys to get into this gig? Because it's one of the most beautiful professions to get into. Um, but equally, like you said, you know, to book meeting. Like I, I say this on my Instagram stories where my right if my podcast was a, a revenue generating startup it'd be super successful because i'm forever prospecting people i'm getting people onto the show i give them you know the discovery call and then we commit to the demo which is now and it closes and then it goes for release like i freaking love prospecting for the show and using my prospecting techniques to get people on and that keeps me still as an sdr fresh for this right yeah. if i could only do it for my own business <laughs> I'd be, you know, like raking it in, right? Yeah. But it's like, you know, having that passion to do this sort of stuff, which then, you know, kind of brings me on to the pièce de résistance, which is all right. So just before we dive into this, I know you're thinking, yeah, we need to get to this. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry. <laughs> but I have to give a little bit of context before going into this beautiful thing that Dom's creating. So for some of my listeners and watchers know that I work in the world of music outside of sales, right? So I've been a club host and MC slash rapper for 25 plus whatever years. And I've performed in some of the biggest venues like in London and some places across Europe, right? And it was because of music that I got my first tech job because the recruiter uh, knew somebody from my music life. And that's how we had a, a meeting one day and we had that discussion, you know, and I broke into tech. And in a lot of company kickoffs, Dom, when they hired a DJ... And all the staff and everybody's doing the sales kickoff at the end when having that party, Neil would be that guy with the microphone. <laughs> and I remember speaking to a CEO, uh, I think it was about two years ago, and he had a company which was working with a lot of SDRs. And I went to this guy and I said, dude, we need to put on a rave for SDRs, right? I would love to host an event where you bring a lot of salespeople and we party and I could marry both worlds of music and sales together. And that's always, it's on my vision board, right? I have it as the SDR rave. And I'm a firm believer in manifesting. So audience, imagine this. I meet this guy called Dominic and seeing that he's doing some beautiful event and he's able to then marry those both worlds. So I'm going to shut the hell up now. And Dominic, <laughs> could you please tell us what is the artist circus all about? Sure. So as you already described perfectly, it's the first festival in Europe for talent and working in sales and customer success. Mm. So what does that mean? Um, we're creating like an amazing lineup of speakers and you're one of them, but we will talk about this later. Um, we have like around 80 to 100 different workshops and keynotes um, from people working in sales and customer success. So 
Um, what was important for us is that we don't want to be this like just another conference or something like this. So this is going to be um, an event purely for individual contributor and their managers. Um, and so you, if, if you're working as an SDR, you can come there and you will have like a stage from nine in the morning until 6 p.m. We will have different content and speakers speaking about their experience and their roles. And as you said, like we have a couple of people speaking there that very, very well known on LinkedIn from Jan Mundorf to Mattia, also uh, uh, Patrick uh, speaking there. Uh, we have uh, Kienberg from uh, from Revolut. So there's like a couple of people um, that are really, really uh, successful in what they are doing and sharing their experience uh, with you. And afterwards, we will have a big party uh, from 6 p.m. until 4 in the morning. And as Woo! you said, <laughs> there will be great DJs, MCs. Uh, so it will be a really, really nice event. And uh, we have foods and drinks included all day. Uh, so it's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. So the, what is it, 19th of April, 2024, yes. the Artist Circus in Berlin. It's on a Friday, so you can stay the whole weekend if you would like to. Oh, dude, I'm st I'm going to come out a couple of days early just to get myself <laughs> set up for this. But yeah. like literally, like when you positioned this to me on our first call together, Dom, like I was sitting there just wanting to jump up and down. I'd be like, he did it. <laughs> He freaking did it. He actually did what was in Neil's dream and you're making it a reality. <laughs> and, you know, and again, I'm very grateful for you allowing me to come be a speaker because, again, one of my other life goals is I want to be the Jay Shetty for SDRs. I want to like, I always said, like, one day I want to go do a conference and do like a, uh, a keynote speaking. And this is going to be yeah. the first time I'm doing it. So I'm shitting bricks, admittedly, because <laughs> I always get nervous about things. But wh when I saw you, like when you positioned it to me, Dominic, as the Tomorrowland, of sales for sales and customer success yeah. i was like dude like yeah let's freaking do this man this yeah. is wunderbar yeah absolutely um, funny funny a funny story is like that's how my co-founder pitched it to me right it's like he was coming to me it's like dom i want to build a tomorrow and for sales and customer success and i was just asking him okay where, where do i need to sign it's like <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, this, this is working amazing it is. And like, you know, even before we got into the call, I was like, I'm in. I was just like, yeah, this, this, this is me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, and as you mentioned, there are so many great people that are going to be at this event. And, you know, a lot of people that I know virtually that I'm going to be able to meet face to face. And as you said, yeah. this is for like the ICs. These are for SDRs. This is for CS. There are so many cool topics. And obviously, uh, uh, and for insight for our listeners and watchers, <laughs> like, when Dominic said to me, Neil, there's, yeah, there's going to be some DJs. I was like, <clears throat> you know that I'm a professional MC and I would love to, you know, come and help. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, yeah. cool, bro. I remember I got off that call, Dom, and I phoned my sister. I phoned my friends. I was like, guys, guess what? I'm going to Germany next year and they're doing a <laughs> rave for sales. Um, so again, I'm, I'm so happy about this. And again, without a doubt, you can find information, guests and listeners of the event it will be in the show notes we may be helping out some of our listeners with some special info so make sure that you check the show note details to see what's going on down with the uh, with the artist circus but a question that i would like to ask you because i got dm today on instagram they said neil what what is the theme of a th circus and why, why is it a circus and how does that marry itself what, what was the vision behind that dom i think one of the reasons why we decided to call it artist circus, so a artist is of course because of arr right so it's like connected to the whole SaaS uh, thing. Mm. Um, but the circus, I think it's it's about 
you go there because you want to have fun. And there's like a lot of festivals already that are actually going to have this circus uh, theme, right? Because I mm. think people love to go there because it's exciting and, you know. Um, but it's also about in the circus, if, if you're at the circus, it's always about being a team, right? And, you know, building trust with the with the with the other artist if you're performing and i think that's also you can relate uh, and, and connect this to to sales teams and customer success teams as well right mm. um, because then if you if you build trust and if you go there as a team you will have fun um, and you you will perform better afterwards right because yeah. you you can go there you can learn and i mean even if you come alone and invest in just you want to invest in your career you will meet an amazing pe bunch of people there and you can learn a lot. And as, as said, like building your, your network early on is, I think, one of the most important things you can do. So it's a great investment in yourself and um, you can have fun while doing it. I think that's yeah. kind of this ikigai thing, right? I know, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. you heard exactly. about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do what you love and get and pay for it, right? <laughs> so... Um, I think yeah. that's that's exactly what we are trying to achieve here, that you can actually go there, learn something, be better than you have been yesterday and having mm -hmm. fun while doing it. Hell yeah, mein Bruder, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I, I'm I'm sold. I'm Like I said, when I had my call with you a couple of weeks ago, I'm down. And again, you know, like for our listeners and watchers, like this is in Germany. And as Dom said, this is something to invest in yourself. So the reason I got into sales was... I went to a networking event in London on my own accord, right? It wasn't directed by my manager. I just went because I wanted to find out what are salespeople like, what can I learn? And, you know, it was because I met somebody at this networking event that I got my love for my first tech job. And there's a whole bunch of cool SaaS tech, like innovative companies that are also sponsoring this event as well. And here's an opportunity to meet those sort of people. So, yeah, there'll be special information about, you know, tickets, offers, etc. So check the show notes, check out the website. And Dom, I can't, I can't wait to come give you a big hug when we co uh, <laughs> when we meet in Berlin uh, next year. I freaking I love so. this dude. Yeah, and I, I think also one one important point I, I want to point out here is like um, many companies have their learning and development budget. So if you want to come to Berlin and you think it's a great idea to invest, mm -hmm. um, also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and make an introduction to your sales uh, leaders, uh, so we can try to convince them to send you to the event because then you don't need to pay out of your own pocket uh, and um, we will try to to manage uh, that, that maybe you can come with your whole team i think that is a freaking cool idea and i co-sign that so yeah do you know what like using your L D budget to come towards an event which is a professional event but where you're gonna have fun and you're gonna meet some cool people as well so i think i'm I, that that's some great advice they've done i love it so, you know what, this has been a freaking, this has like been one of the greatest shows on earth, Dom. I've freaking enjoyed this episode and I hope all our listeners and watchers have as well. And the question that I like to ask all of my guests is, if you were speaking to the Dom of 10, 15 years ago, who's maybe working in that hotel or within the hospitality sector, what three bits of advice would you give to that young Dom? Yeah, I think what one advice I already said is like, take your time. And don't rush it. I think that's um, that's super important. Um, second advice I would I would give my younger self is build your network early on. I think uh, this building building network and connecting to people. Um, I I feel like if I would have knew this before, I would be much more successful or even like faster uh, than I, than I am now. And I think 
The third one, and this is something I've also learning right now in new roles and as a co-founder is um, the the power of execution, right? So I was always someone who had lots of ideas and plans in my head and was always mm. talking to friends about it. And they all said, hey, you have such so, so great ideas. But um, I never really started. It was always just the plan in my head. So what mm. I've what I found really powerful over the past 10 years is what you just described. Write it down. And I'm doing this like also once a year after New Year's Eve, I'm doing my plans and I'm doing like um, revisiting what I did the whole year and writing yeah. down things. This is for me, at least it's, it's a huge thing because it motivates me and it's also showing the progression I had over the last couple of years. Yeah. So when I look at my notes from 2015, for example, I'm like, fuck, this is like huge progression. Yeah. But you will, yeah. you will start forgetting about all those stuff you wanted to do at 2015. So mm. it's super, super important to write it down. And yeah, and, and I think also not being afraid of just just do stuff, right? And you, you can start very small, but, you know, progression. You have to fits, start. Right? It's just like, just start doing. Don't be afraid of failure. I think that's that's super important. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. So, you know, make sure that you take your time, don't rush, build your network and manifest like a motherfucker, you know, write that <laughs> stuff down, but make sure that you execute on it. Otherwise yeah. it will just be another dream or like, yeah. as we've seen with Neil, I thought about an SDR rate, but I did nothing about it. But the difference to me and Dom is he did it and he's doing it and I'm looking forward to it next year, dude. And are there any uh, shout outs that you'd like to give today on today's show? I mean, we had a couple of shout outs already. But of course, a big shout out to my co-founder, Juris, that he convinced me to to build this amazing uh, event. And um, of course, SDOs of Germany and all, all listeners out there. Love it, my man. Thank you so much. And again, a big thank you to our listeners and watchers for joining us on this chapter and episode today. Uh, you'll be able to find all the links mentioned in today's episode within the show notes and links. So make sure you check them out. And if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a rating and subscribe and share. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you like, comment and subscribe down below. But Dominic Klimberg, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, sir. I'm wishing you a successful week. I know we're going to be talking more as well, uh, but thank you so much and happy selling. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.